0: Welcome back to Two Ps in a Podcast, where we are down to one p. Your host Laura Morrell, a podcast when no conversation is off-topic. Welcome back to Two Ps in a Podcast with your host Laura, and we have yet again another very special guest. So please welcome Natalie Kate Douglas, and I'm going to introduce you to her in a moment. But she is a qualified holistic dietitian and nutritionist, speaker, mentor, and host of the Holistic Health Podcast. So if you haven't already, jump onto that podcast after you listen to this and give it a listen. So Nat helps women experiencing thyroid, fertility, gut, and hormonal issues to reclaim their energy, transform their digestive health, optimize their fertility, and balance their hormones so they can actually live a happy, healthy, and empowered life. And she has been featured, and this is pretty cool, as an expert in Australian women's health, men's magazines, FX medicine, the House of Wellness, I Quit Sugar, which is a great book, and across various online media, which is incredible. So I feel very lucky to have her. So she is a results-focused holistic approach, which combines the power of functional testing Real food, smart supplementation. That is really important. Movement and emotional body therapies. Again, another one that's very important to achieve lasting results for her clients. So just in that brief introduction, you can already see how incredible she is. So welcome, Nat.
1: Oh, thanks. What a, what an ego boost to listen to
0: a little <laughs> intro of myself. I appreciate that. Thank you. I am all here for that little ego boost. But when you actually put pen to paper, and write an introduction or hear someone's introduction, you are freaking incredible. Like just the things you have accomplished to know there are experts out there that specialise in this stuff, it's just so refreshing to see. Like, like I said, you're incredible.
1: Oh, thanks. Well, hopefully I don't disappoint today. So...
0: (laughs) (laughs) no no pressure I've just put you on this pedestal no pressure (laughs) no I know firsthand you're incredible because how I met you and this is like a typical love story of the ages I found you through a mutual friend on Instagram stalked the crap out of you loved all your content messaged you on Instagram and that's pretty much how we met which is like a typical new age story of how people modern day
1: romance right (laughs)
0: 100% But we are so excited to have you on. So do you want to tell us a little bit about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've you've largely covered my career and <laughs> and my passions there, but a lot of the time, you know there's always a backstory as to how you get involved in all of that, and I'm definitely no exception to that rule. So, I guess my my passion for women's health and thyroid health very much came from my own struggles and my own challenges. So my backstory in a nutshell was that I actually had um, an eating disorder or a couple, uh, anorexia and bulimia and binge eating from when I was about 12, 12 and a half to about 2021, it's a bit difficult to say, oh, yes, it's ended at this time. But I would say I was, uh, you know, clinically recovered by that time. And as you can imagine, or anyone listening can imagine that, you know, when you deprive your body and put your body through so much stress for such a long time, particularly in such formative years and years where you would be laying down hormone health and growth and um, require extra nutrients for all of those different processes. I definitely came out the other side with my fair share of hormone imbalances, hypothalamic amenorrhea, endometriosis. I had um, issues with my gut. I had thyroid issues, and so at first, I I was um, very much going down the conventional route of trying to resolve a lot of that stuff, and. I really hit a dead end and it wasn't until, you know, several practitioners in that I happened to meet a functional medicine-based naturopath who really helped change my whole perspective and my whole trajectory on healing myself. And so from that point onwards, I was sold into functional medicine, into naturopathy, and I pursued further studying in that got myself all healed up and then decided to pursue helping other women to do the same because as as you know, you know, it's such a common story when it comes to hormone imbalances, um, gut issues, fertility issues, um, you know, thyroid issues, all those kind of things go hand in hand and also probably in, in this fitness industry as well. I know that I've been heavily involved in it for a long period of time you know, it's not rare to have chronic yo-yo dieting. And I certainly fell into that camp for a long time myself and had to heal the metabolic damage from that too. So I'm probably preaching to the choir here um, in terms of really healing holistically, but that's very much my, my backstory.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And, and I think what makes, you know, practitioners so amazing like yourself is They've been through it. So you have that empathy for clients who have, you know, the thyroid issues or gut issues or hormonal issues because you've been in that position before. So you can actually empathize how much it does impact your whole life. Because even myself have gone through my own eating disorder it really does impact your quality of life more than anything. And I think it's like you get to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. Like Mm. this is how life shouldn't be. And I think for anyone listening, if you are someone who is dealing with chronic gut issues or health issues, I mean, that is a perfect example of someone who went through her own journey, recovered and I guess the silver lining for you is now you're influencing so many women and you're in a place where you're healing other people as well, which is incredible. So there was a silver lining to your story.
1: Absolutely. I agree. There always is.
0: Yeah. And how did you get so passionate? I know you mentioned your own story, but you know, you could have gone down the route of any other, um, I guess, study, but why like thyroid and gut health? Like what was, why were you drawn to that?
1: Yeah, I think very much my own journey. And then also just, it was what I was attracting. It was the kind of clients that I was coming, that were coming into the clinic to see me. And when you're presented with the same problem or the same type of problem over and over again, it's when you've got a really curious mind, it's frustrating not to be able to solve it. So it was really a mix of my own personal journey and then the kind of clients that were walking through the door and needing to find a solution for them and recognizing how interconnected, I mean, the whole body is so interconnected, but I absolutely think that gut thyroid hormone, um, your little trio there has, is just so intertwined. And I don't think that you can heal one without addressing the other. So it was very much um, a bit of a mixed bag as to how I landed there.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So I guess, you know, we do live in a society where, you know, we, we are noticing a lot of symptoms and I guess the the knowledge of thyroid is somewhat limited, but I guess the, the symptoms that get the most market time or get the most airtime would be things like weight gain, yo-yo dieting, menstrual health issues. So there's a lot of awareness on that. And I see a lot of coaches and practitioners posting about that, but I guess the thyroid is that little beautiful gland that doesn't get as much airtime? So can we dive into the thyroid? Because this ultimately is, although it's a little gland, it has a big impact.
1: <laughs> so oh, it sure <laughs> does. Yeah. Can you yeah. dive
0: into that and tell us a little bit about the thyroid?
1: I can. So the easiest way to describe the thyroid is that it's a butterfly shaped gland that sits in your neck and it essentially is responsible for the energy production of every single cell in your body. So it's kind of like the engine that makes stuff happen. And it is a gland. And so it, it uh, what that means is that it requires a sophisticated communication between your brain and the gland itself and then what's going on in the rest of your body it works on what we call a negative feedback loop so kind of like a thermostat so when the temperature goes too high in a room there's feedback to say um oh you need to cool down a little bit so it's similar in your thyroid it's 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 an interconnected um I guess, system that should ideally work, doesn't always. And the end point is what it allows us to do is to have enough energy to have good cell turno- turnover in terms of our hair, our skin, our nails. It's involved in your mood, in your gut function, in hormones, in fertility, um, in so many different areas because it's not isolated to the gland itself. Its effect is like literally body-wide.
0: Yeah, which is absolutely incredible. The way I like to think about it, because it is a butterfly shaped land is that like a little butterfly goes into your body and it spreads like it's flying around your whole body. Oh, I that's love how, that. That's how I visualize it when I think yeah. um, of what I, you should see the analogies I give my clients. They are crazy. We talk firefighters, snakes and all these <laughs> things. Um, but uh yeah, like you said, it just has such a big, big role on all other areas of the body. And I think, you know, if you're not someone whose ears pick up when we talk about thyroid, I, I guess for you to get that um interest in the thyroid, it plays a big role on the metabolism. Can you touch on the metabolism and how it affects sort of our body composition?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, basically, you know, your thyroid hormones dictate your metabolic rate. So how fast you burn through energy. And we can we can definitely manipulate that in terms of and and I'm sure we'll go into this in a little bit. But when you are dieting uh, or when your body perceives that there is a threat going on, What it does is it will downregulate your metabolism or downregulate your thyroid hormone production because it sees it as a threat. Even if we know it's not, we might just be like, hey, I've got a body composition goal at the moment and I'm entering a deficit. But as you pursue that deficit further and further, there's a very expected and well-researched downregulation of your metabolism or sometimes what we refer to as metabolic adaptation. And it's a very normal response and everybody's different everybody has a different degree of that response. Um and what that means or an example of kind of how that plays out in the dieting world is that, you know, you can only decrease calories so far before you continue to hit a plateau and your body just adapts to that lower amount of food. So that's literally your thyroid adapting because it is seen as a protective mechanism. So the threat is that you are going to run out of um, energy. And so what the thyroid does is it becomes really efficient at using the limited amount of energy that you are giving it. You can obviously, re- or not obviously, you can reverse that process by repleting the amount of food that you're giving yourself. Um, but what you need to do when you're doing that is to ensure that you're doing it gradually. Otherwise you go from a very down regulated metabolism all of a sudden with this influx of food and not enough time for your body to adapt. So I'm sure at some point, um, on this podcast, you've talked about reverse dieting. And why that is so important to do properly and gradually is because it allows your thyroid to adjust to the increase in food and to continue to increase the metabolic rate back up to, you know, what would be considered normal for that person, um, you know, based on their age, their height, their weight, and also just genetically, we all have a little bit of a, a different, um, you know degree at at which how high we can push our our window of energy intake before we start to see body composition changes so your thyroid has a lot like everything to do with your metabolism and also it's constantly responding to perceived or real stresses or threats in the body um, and dieting is only one example of that threat so sometimes you know a chronic infection or um, a chronic gut issue it's the same thing if something is seen as a threat in the body what happens is that um, the the uh, thyroid hormone entry into the cell um, in this example, starts to decrease because your body is trying to protect protect you, essentially.
0: Yeah, I honestly could listen to you for days. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's a couple of re- really key takeaways there. And, you know, one thing you said is like when we go into that yo-yo dieting type mentality or we're going into a deficit, I mean, and you could be working with a coach too and they put you in a deficit and one thing I think, and I think you would support our our goal here is we're trying to regulate the, the dieting industry. So we're trying to become the first business to regulate it. So you have to qualify to be able to diet, meaning protecting, like protecting your thyroid, making sure you have um, a good relationship with food. And look, that's a big role. But I think the biggest thing there is your body can't tell the difference when you are in deficit, if you are actually in a famine. So think back to a famine, which was, I don't know, 1800s, I don't know when the last famine was. Um, Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't quote me, that's definitely wrong. Um, But your body can't tell whether you're in a famine because of a global crisis um, and we don't have access to food or we're just intentionally not eating because we are trying to change body composition. Your body is not able to tell that difference, so it's going to have that same response as if we were in a famine as well. And I think that's really important because we can't outsmart the body. You can't outsmart the response of the body as well. So this is why it's really important not to try and hack the system, hack our hunger, um, because your body has these protective mechanisms and it's exactly that it's protective. Mm. Um, so I think you explained that in a, in a really good way. Um, and another thing you said, which I really loved was the perception of threat. And I think when we think of stress, we think, "Oh, I'm just so busy with work. I'm fighting with my boyfriend." Like mm. we think those are the stresses, but there's so many different types of stresses, isn't there? But even thoughts, thoughts can be be perceived as a stress.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And you know we're we're meaning makers as yeah. as humans. So um, whatever situation is going on. It's it's not the same for everybody. So we choose to make meaning out of different things that we are exposed to, and that's going to vary between you and I, from um, you know us and the listeners. And so it is very much like that. Key word there is is perception, is, is how you perceive that situation or that threat. And, you know, there are also other, I guess, threats that some people forget about, which is, you know, your environment. So what I mean by that is if you're living in a water-damaged building or a moldy apartment, that is going to be a perceived threat. If you're lathering yourself in really um, toxic conventional personal care products, or using a lot of conventional cleaning products that um, you know are coming in, and your body is having to constantly detoxify, that's a threat. As I mentioned before, chronic infections, whether that be bacterial or viral in nature, um, exposure to heavy metals. Um, there's a lot of other threats or other stressors on the body that we don't always think of straight up. And, you know, definitely chronic dieting, um, chronic overexercising is another really key example. Um, and it's really hard to dig yourself out of that hole sometimes by yourself, which is why I think it is, you know, such a, such a valuable thing to have someone walk you through that journey and to also step back and look at things holistically and go, you know, maybe at the moment you tick several of those boxes and rather than Overwhelming yourself go, okay, well, for starters, I know I'm living in a moldy apartment, so I'm actually going to get out of this environment. Um, and then once I do that, I'm going to start looking at, um, you know, reverse dieting myself or stopping over exercising or looking at cleaning out, um, the types of products that I use in my home. It doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing, um, you know, that you begin with. It really is any step in the right direction is still a step in the right direction.
0: I could not agree with more. I think sometimes we do overwhelm ourselves. overwhelm ourselves, And of course, that's a stress in itself because <laughs> we get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. it's too hard. But I love that, just starting really small and just start with the one biggest thing that could be the issue. Um, And even just talking about perceptions, and this is a funny story, actually. So my partner and I were fighting the other week. Well, not even, I made this all up in my head because like, I haven't seen much of him lately. So in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I feel disconnected. Is our relationship falling apart? And I had this whole stress in my head. And then I spoke to him about it. He's like, babe but we come home to each other every night and go to bed together he's like I'm happy and I was like so I have made my perception Mm. I have made that whole thing up in my head when really we're just busy he's happy he's content and His perception was so different to my perception, same situation. So I think, I hope that gives an example of how perception of things can cause that stress response in the body as well. P.S. We're all fine. We've overcome this little argument now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't we all have those moments?
0: 100%. I'm such an open book too. So you'll know all the fights that we do have.
1: Yeah, I love Um, it.
0: Yeah, so you did mention a lot about dieting and I think a big point as well, just going off what you said, is it's not always about calories in versus calories out, is it? Like it's much mm. more complex than that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and also I think that a common mistake people make, which I understand why, is that the, and you've probably heard people say this to you before as well, they will go on to, you know, online and, and put in their, what their estimated, um, you know, daily requirements are from an energy perspective. Um, and often these are people who have been chronically dieting or trying to lose weight for a really long time and maybe already under eating. And they put it in and it spits out that, um, you know, you should be uh, based on your weight, your height, your age, your gender, your activity level, um, you should be actually in a deficit at let's just i'm just making up a number here 1500 calories and then they're eating that amount and they're like well like this is wrong it's not working for me um you know i should be in a deficit but as i said before if you're someone who has chronically under eaten your metabolism is going to adapt downwards meaning that your metabolic rate is is slower and we forget that Definitely tools like that can be handy as a ballpark figure um, and I certainly use them um, in in some clients as well. But A, they don't actually say your unique situation and they're not accounting for any metabolic damage that might have been done um, for you as an individual through chronic dieting or chronic under-eating. Um, and B, I definitely think that there's a lot to be said by the quality of the calories that we consume. So if you're someone who is, you know, you've got two people eating the same amount of food, but one has a diet that's lacking in key nutrients that are important for thyroid hormone production, like iodine, zinc vitamin A, vitamin D, selenium, like uh, B vitamins, magnesium, iron, like all these nutrients that are required to produce enough thyroid hormone, have them activated, allow them to get into the cell and then have a a, a really nice feedback back to your brain to be able to have very good regulation. If you don't have all of those things available via the food or the supplements that you're consuming, then – you definitely will still have an issue with your thyroid and, and therefore potentially your metabolism, even if you are eating the same quantity from a calorie perspective as, you know, the person next to you. So I think there's, a, there's a definite balance to be struck between um, you know, calories and also quality of those calories and also remembering that you're an, in, an individual and not an equation and that there's lots of tools available to us as individuals, as practitioners, as coaches, and also they need to be matched up with you as a person and your own unique circumstances and history. And then that allows a truly holistic you know, I guess process to be laid out for you in terms of how do you get to your goal, how do you reach your goal, how do you get there and also improve your health, not just get there at the expense of your health?
0: yeah, could not agree with more with everything you have said, and you know even personally with my clients, I very, very rarely use a macro calculator very rarely, mm-hmm. I think one in every. 20, I might use it, but that that person would be in good health. They wouldn't have relationship with food issues or thyroid issues. They so would have qualified them to be able to um, go straight to a perceived maintenance. So yeah, going off your point, I think it is really important to make sure you're in a good position to go to your perceived maintenance and if you're not sure definitely work with a practitioner i think that can be really important but wouldn't it be cool if we change whole diet culture from calories in versus calories out to like nutrients in energy out like mm-hmm. how cool would that be if we completely flip the whole calories in calories out model on its head i mean It would be hard, but I'm sure we can do
1: that one. Yeah, I love it. I like a big goal, but also (laughs) I feel like if people are listening to this podcast, then they're at least open to the idea of that. And yeah, I think there's such a, a balance to be struck. Although my approach for people is focus on getting as healthy as possible because when you do that, often. The process of reaching, you know, other maybe body composition based goals becomes so much easier. And I think working on your relationship with yourself and with food, as you talk about so much, is really important because at the end of the day, a lot of the time, all we want to do is feel good and comfortable in our body. And a lot of that has to do with our inner world and our inner thoughts and our relationships and not so much actually physically. How much do we weigh on a scale? It just, it's just that we've been conditioned to think that if we get to that number, if we get to that clothing sign, everything will magically feel good. But anyone who's ever gone through that journey knows that the goalposts generally keep moving. And so there's nothing wrong with wanting to change your body composition. And also, it doesn't replace needing to work on your relationship with yourself and food and your body, knowing that anything you achieve there and any progress you achieve there is something that's going to just filter out into the rest of your world, into relationships, in all these other areas and when you do that work you can't undo it you know it's not as easy as oh well I'll I've lost 5 kilos and it's really easy to put it back on when you really put effort and energy and and work into developing a stronger sense of self stronger sense of self awareness self love um all of that it is such a gift that never leaves you and so it's something that you know, is just creates resilience and joy and freedom that no amount of weight loss will ever sustainably provide.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. And one question I do post to a lot of my clients is, are you a friend of yours? So when you're by yourself with your own thoughts, is it a friendship or is it a bully? And just visualize, is it a friend or is it a bully? And I think even just having that visualization, most people will be like, it's a constant negative talk. And at the end of the day, it's like, would you allow, imagine someone you don't like, imagine a bully who picks on your Mm -hmm. biggest insecurities. Imagine them following around you, following you around 24 seven, but you're giving that permission and allowing that when in real, real life, you wouldn't, you would say, no, you'd put up that boundary. And I think you need to develop that self-love as well, where, I'm not saying you have to have 99, you know, 100% of the time, it's going to be hunky-dory rainbows and lollipops. Mm-hmm. But I think even my recovery, the I'm nice to myself 99% of the time. Sometimes that monkey mind comes in and will pick on insecurities, but then my human mind is like, no, be mm-hmm. my friend. So I think it's really important that you bring that up because self-worth is so important and self-worth for those who are unsure. It's that Like, who are you outside of what you weigh? Who are you outside of your career? Like, who's Nat outside of her career, outside of her body, outside of all these amazing things? Like, who are you? And you're an incredible person. And it's like, you need to know that about yourself. And so I think you bring up such a magical point. We need to work on that self-love self-esteem, self-worth and just befriending ourselves. So Mm. I think it's really valid. You give a lot of science, but I'm so, so happy that you brought up more of that emotional side too, because it is a big, big part of the picture.
1: Yeah, it really is. And you know the to to get a little bit more woo-woo on you the thyroid is, way. <laughs> the, the thyroid is actually connected to the throat chakra or the throat energy center which has everything to do with speaking up um you know a, you know voicing your opinion voicing your needs feeling like your voice matters that you can be heard communication um you know expression and so I actually don't think that it's a coincidence that that a a large number of my thyroid patients would say that they have challenges in some of those areas. And so another way to approach thyroid healing is also from the emotional aspect of how do I actually start to work on uh, being better at expressing my needs, communicating, voicing my opinion, uh, because that's certainly in my experience, while it's not as you know, hard and fast from a black and white science and numbers perspective, I have to say from my clinical experience of over eight years in this area, there's a lot of power in, uh, you know, how the energetic body and our emotional body connects with how we are manifesting physical symptoms.
0: I did not know that. And I feel like that's like not to, like I feel like this is a coincidence. So back when I was reverse diet, sorry, back when I was in that yo-yo dieting, definitely had some thyroid issues there going through metabolic adaptation I was so afraid to ever speak up even with friendships I was a, a yes person the thought mm-hmm. of it would scare me whereas like now it's a very and obviously I've healed my um, thyroid healed my metabolism but I, I don't think that's a coincidence yeah outcomes. it's amazing yeah that is absolutely incredible so talking about like Thyroid issues. What are kind of the main thyroid issues that you do see with your clients or just in society today?
1: Yeah. So the, the large majority of people with thyroid issues tend to have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune version of an underactive thyroid. So an underactive thyroid is called hypothyroidism and you can have hypothyroidism, that um, is because of Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune uh, process in your body where um, the body essentially attacks the thyroid or um, the main enzyme that actually is responsible for creating and building your thyroid hormones. Um, And then you can also have hypothyroidism without there being Hashimoto's there, which usually, I mean, there's lots of different reasons why that might be, but the most common that I see is either Chronic dieting and overexercising, chronic stress, or nutrient deficiencies in some of the areas that I previously mentioned too. And that would be the most common. The other one that I think is incredibly common that I see a lot of is what's called cellular hypothyroidism, which is basically that your gland itself, the thyroid gland itself is producing enough thyroid hormone. It's converting it correctly. But when it goes to get into the cell, it's knocking on the door, but no one's opening up the door. And therefore, you will look like on paper that you've got enough thyroid hormones in your body and, and... You do, and the thyroid gland is doing its job. It's, it's working correctly in that way. But because of some perceived threat, whether that be viral, bacterial, um, emotional stress, um, you know, environmental stress, whatever it is, your body is deactivating um, the thyroid hormone before it gets into the cell. And it's just, yeah, knocking and no one's opening the door to let it in and that isn't something that is very well recognized in conventional medicine. It's something that if you were to go and say that to your doctor, they would probably look at you like you've got three heads. However, it is it is present in the research when you go digging for um, that side of things, and I absolutely uh, have seen it time and time again in clinic. And then The other thyroid issues that I do see a fair bit of, but it's not as common, is something called Graves' disease, which is still an autoimmune condition, but in this sense, it's actually an overactive thyroid, so less common, but still there. And, you know, probably something relevant to uh, this audience, given that they are most likely largely female is that another thing that I see commonly is thyroid issues being triggered at times of hormonal transition. So what I mean by that is puberty pregnancy and perimenopause when we're going through hormone changes can be times when we actually see a thyroid issue be triggered or start to express itself for a number of different reasons in in including the way that Hormones affect thyroid, and thyroid affects hormones, um, and also in the case of pregnancy, there is a, a change to the immune system that happens while you're pregnant, and then while uh, once you give birth. So, there are definitely windows of time to be. I guess mindful of checking in on your thyroid function if you notice that you start to feel differently to usual um, because they're very easily dismissed for other reasons. Um, because thyroid symptoms like an underactive thyroid, for example, the some of the common symptoms are feeling, you know, fatigued, brain fog, constipation. Hair loss, poor nail growth, um dry skin, you know a a lot of these weight you know inability to lose weight or unexplained weight gain, and honestly, a lot of those symptoms could be dismissed as just going through a really stressful time or you know something else being a new mum and my encouragement to people is that if you're at all suspicious or you're experiencing some of those symptoms it's better to get it looked at and checked out properly rather than just dismiss it for as being another reason because you don't want to come across as not coping or being weak or being a hypochondriac I just I don't buy that I think we always intuitively know when something is off and my encouragement is always to follow that gut instinct
0: absolutely because intuition is a real thing Like it is a real thing in your gut and we won't dive too deep into that, but this is why I'm so big on getting women to trust their body, trust their symptoms, trust their intuition because I think it's so important if you get turned away saying everything's normal, but you are living with these symptoms, find another route. Don't accept no for an answer or you're fine as an answer. If you are living with those symptoms that you did manage, do you did mention just before, because like I said, it's your quality of life. And I think we need to be our own advocates. And I think that's mm. a, a really big point as well. You need to be your own advocate because no one's going to come in and do the work for you. We need to find the right people to help us. So it is about if you've been turned away um, and said you're, you're fine, like reaching out to people like yourself who can take a look and just give you another opinion to make you not yeah. feel crazy.
1: Definitely. And the other thing like I really wanted to share as well in this episode is the connection between thyroid and your hormones because I actually think that it's um, a really strong one and not one that everyone is aware of. So to kind of give people a little bit of an idea is that you actually need... Um, thyroid hormones to give you enough energy to ovulate. So the oocyte, which is the developing egg, requires a lot of energy to actually go through the ovulatory process. And if like, and it does actually get that energy from thyroid hormone. So if you don't have enough thyroid hormones, then that can actually compromise your ability to ovulate and therefore to make progesterone, which is a hormone that we make in our second half of our cycle if we've ovulated Um, and this is really relevant to someone looking to conceive for example but it's also relevant for you if you just want to feel good and to decrease things like PMS or heavy periods or painful periods because healthy progesterone Um, levels are really important for addressing any of those things and then with estrogen um, you know an, an example here is that estrogen actually increases something called thyroid binding globulin which is kind of like this taxi that carries the thyroid hormones around the body and if the all those thyroid hormones are caught up in the taxi and they're not actually able to get out and onto the street to do their job because there's just too many taxis compared to passengers. Then that can create a state in your body where you don't have enough access to thyroid hormones and correcting your high estrogen can actually help to correct your thyroid. So there's a lot of connections that interplay and you know, it's not just about you know, hormones mattering, if you want to conceive, it's recognizing and remembering that healthy hormones, healthy cycles, regular ovulation is a sign of health for us as females, regardless of whether we want to choose to do something with those hormones from a reproductive perspective or not. That's almost an irrelevant question when it comes to our health. It's it's something, you know, really important to constantly come back to.
0: Yeah. And again, I have so many visuals in my head, but the way I think of our cycle is every month, a little man comes up <laughs> with a little clipboard and he's like, yep, cycles on time minimal PMS symptoms, tick, 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 you're <laughs> healthy. Or otherwise, if it's like, okay, cycles a little bit late, ovulation's a little bit late, we've got some bad PMS. We got to do some work on there. So I visualize like this man with a clipboard. I don't know why a man, I shouldn't say that. It can be a woman, it can be anything, but in a white coat. So I think it's really important to see our cycle as a reflection of our health. And we have this beautiful thing every month to tell us how our health is working Um, males don't get that. They don't get that marker of how is our health every single month. So I think more women need to invest into learning about that because we get this beautiful, almost like sign that tells us how our health is. And I do feel like we live in a progesterone deficient society Mm -hmm. and that's because society has changed so much. We have more stress, we have social media, we have more comparisons, we have more um, you know, body love issues, we more have more self help issues than, you know, 70s, 80s. Like I haven't done the research, but it'd be interesting to see how prevalent PMS issues were back in the day before social media and chronic dieting. So I think um, you know, going back to your point, I think if you are someone who's struggling with PMS issues, whether that be um really bad mood fluctuations, Whether that be really bad like fluid retention, pains, like cramping, low back pain, anything like that, it it's common, but it's not normal. Mm, You don't have to live like that every single month. So wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. So I think from anyone listening, if you have a natural cycle, I want you to imagine when you get your next cycle. I mean, you can paint the picture however you want. It can be a beautiful girl. It can be, it can be a dragon. (laughs) It can be whatever, but I want them to really, I want you to really sit there and say, how was my cycle this month? Do I need to work on my health? And I think that's really important. So I think that's a fantastic thing that you brought up. Um, before I let you go, and this is going to be, we will probably have to do another podcast on the gut. Um, but can you just dive into. If we don't, I don't want to dive too much into how it plays because we'll be here for another hour, but how does the gut affect the thyroid? Does it affect it?
1: It does. And it's a bit of a two-way relationship. So the gut affects the thyroid, the thyroid affects the gut. So as some examples of that, it's estimated that about 20% of your thyroid hormone production or conversion actually happens in your gut. And that relies on a healthy gut microbiome. Um, And so if you've currently got a gut issues or an imbalanced microbiome or something going on there, then you could potentially be missing out on 20% of your thyroid hormone production or activation. That's one way that it works. In the flip side, in terms of how does the thyroid affect the gut, um if you don't have enough thyroid hormone, then basically everything slows down in your body, including your transit time. So how long it takes food to move through your system, which for a lot of people may show up as something like constipation. So constipation being um, having anything less than a daily, well-formed, easy-to-pass, complete bowel motion Um and the other thing that can happen as a flow on from that is that if you are, if you do have a really slow transit time, it can set up an environment um, or a situation in which developing a bacterial overgrowth. So something like SIBO, which stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is much more prevalent in people with not enough thyroid hormones or hypothyroidism. And what that is is an opportunity for bacteria to overgrow in a place where they shouldn't be, and then that can manifest as signs like constipation or loose stools, actually, bloating, um, gas, um, and, you know, sometimes nausea or abdominal pain. But I would say the most common signs of SIBO are bloating um, and gas and changes to bowel motions, and sometimes that can be originally set up because of a thyroid issue. So there's always such strong connections both ways, um, but they're some of the key examples that I see most commonly in clinical practice.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's, it's so in depth, isn't it? And again, I think we're going to have to do another podcast on Mm -hmm. gut health because that's such a broad topic, but before I let you go, is there any key um, key advice tips or takeaways just for overall thyroid health or just to get that quality of life back? What would your top tips be?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll try and narrow it down to maybe three of the top ones. Um, one would be uh, to not chronically diet or chronically overexercise and to actually aim to spend most of your time at maintenance, um, whatever that is for you, um, and when or if you do have a healthy body composition goal that you are wanting to achieve, working with a coach that understands metabolic adaptation and can help you achieve that in a really healthy way. Number two would be ensuring that you've got adequate nutrients that are heavily involved in thyroid health. So, I named a number of them before. So, things like iodine, selenium, zinc, iron, um, adequate B vitamins, magnesium, vitamin A, vitamin D. And for me, that translates into, uh, you know, trying to avoid. Uh, strictly plant-based diets, which tend to be incredibly deficient in those, in saying that, if a plant-based diet is um, something that is just really important to you and it's um, something where it's a non-negotiable for you, then being very smart and be- very diligent with ensuring that you're supplementing that diet adequately so you don't run into any of these problems. Um, I'm going to go with four tips. Number number three is to make your environment as low-tox as possible, so getting rid of all the conventional hair care, personal care cleaning products that you can and replacing them with natural alternatives, ensuring your apartment, your house, your workplace, wherever you're spending the large majority of your time is not water damaged or um, does not have mould. And then the other thing I would say is absolutely do not ignore the emotional health, the emotional well being the emotional body, and the aspect um the or i guess the influence that that can have on your physical health. so they're my top four tips um really big ones and and a lot to dive into within each of them, and also I think just starting wherever you feel like. Um, is most accessible to you knowing that as I said earlier in the episode every step in the right direction still counts.
0: I love that any change is good change so any positive changes you're trying to make is positive changes and this is why I say to a lot of clients you don't have to have the perfect program the perfect nutrition split the perfect this and that just start with simple things like can I have three good meals today? So wherever you are at in your journey, just think about what is some simple things I can do to improve. Um, before I wrap this up, where can we find you? And can you tell us a little bit about what people can do to, to potentially work with you or get more education?
1: I sure can. So there's a number of different places. So probably the best two places or three places to find me are Instagram. So at natalie.k.douglas, the podcast, the Holistic Health Podcast, which was formerly the Holistic Nutritionist Podcast, but I have um, revamped it and rebranded it. So you can find lots of free helpful information over there. And then also my website, which is just nataliekdouglas.com, which has um, all of my offerings and services there so there's a number of different ways that people can work with me um, in you know I guess a more of a a personalized capacity so I have two mini courses available which are super affordable and allow people to start making changes themselves so one is a guide to coming off the oral contraceptive pill or having a hormonal IUD removed such as a a marina the other is um, a, a mini course guide to testing your thyroid. thyroid properly, which would be really relevant and helpful for this episode. And then I have a few different programs. So I have one called hormone rescue, which is for people who have hormone imbalances, PMS issues, or want to get on top of their, um, their hormones. I have one for thyroid health called thyroid rescue, which is for anyone who has an under or overactive thyroid or might have Hashimoto's or grays or has suspected thyroid issues. I have one for gut health, which is called gut rescue, um, for anyone who has, you know, IBS or bloating. Or constipation, or loose stools, or parasites, or any issues with their gut as well. And then I also have a fertility support package, which, are for, which is for people who are looking to try and conceive. And all of those, except for the mini courses that I uh, mentioned at the beginning, have a one to one component available within them where you can work with me personally on your health issues or on your case as well. So, all of that information is available on my website. And the final thing to mention that I offer is um, free 20 minute thyroid, gut and hormone assessment calls, which are for people who are, you know, keen to find out a little bit more whether or not I'm the right person to help them. And the goal of those calls is just to have a bit of a chat about what's going on for you. Whether or not, um, you know, I have something to offer that might help you and answer any of your questions that you might have before diving into, you know, a more paid or more personalized capacity with working together. So there's never any pressure or um, anything like that to sign yourself up to co- or commit to anything on those calls. For me, it's really just a way to connect before we dive into our work together to make sure that you feel really confident, I feel um certain that I'm the right fit for you and that it's going to be a really worthwhile investment of your time and your energy and your effort. So lots of places to find me. Also never um never hesitate to send me a DM. I don't always get back to them within the day, but I will definitely get back to you when I can. Um and yeah, I just I love connecting with everyone and all these areas are such a big passion of mine and I'm so grateful that you invited me on the show, Laura. Oh,
0: we're so lucky to have had you. And can I say I we are quite specific with who we bring on the podcast because we want the best in the world that are credible because unfortunately we're in a society where there's a lot of people doing things that they can promote and it's not always credible. But I can say hands down, I've worked with Nat from a mentoring mentee perspective and she is such a wealth of knowledge. So from a credibility point of view, I... Could not hands down recommend her enough, um, and I'm just so grateful for all the knowledge that she does share with me. So I'm going to do a little bit of a recap because that was such a powerful episode. And if because there's so much information, if you can take away these key things. We will be so happy. So understanding, like first of all, there were so many analogies: butterflies, taxis, passengers, and <laughs> with clipboards. So I hope you got a real visual understanding of a little bit about how the body works. But really understanding that perceived stress and the different types of stresses that we have in our world is so important. Making sure we're eating enough, but making sure that the food we are having is nutrients coming in and quality. So eating enough and having quality. Also making sure we have that self-love component, that emotional health component, not accepting no for an answer. If you have symptoms, I think that is a big one. So please do reach out if you've been told everything is normal and you do suffer symptoms. Um, and also just the the further effects of the thyroid, how it does have a relationship with metabolism, with the gut, with mental health, with your cycle, with your energy. And if you can take those those key takeaways, then, girl or oh boy, I won't say boys because I think there's like one male. <laughs> ladies, if you are listening, like well done being able to take those key takeaways because this is a very science-heavy topic, hard to understand, but well done sitting through it and having those key takeaways. So thank you so much for joining us. We are so blessed to have had your knowledge and wisdom, and I'm so grateful to have you in the community. And you know what? We will change the world one day, changing it from calories in, calories out. It's going to be a big project, but we will get there.
1: (laughs) I'm here for it. Thanks so much. You're welcome.
0: Thank you again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. (music)